Please listen carefully. Hey, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Laura Farley. And I'm John Haley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hey, John. Hey, Laura. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Staying warm? Trying to. It's been tough the past few weeks. Right. It is really pretty cold out there. Have you ever lived in a house that had a private drive? Uh, not since I lived with my parents, no. How was that making, keeping that maintenance up during weather like this with all the snow and rain? and? It was gravel, so not hard. Oh, but I, I can't imagine living on a, a private drive that's actual asphalt right now. Well, and I've visited some cabins out in Shenandoah Valley where it was a gravel driveway that the gravel was not maintained and it became pitted and rutted and it was a rather bumpy ride up to the cabin. Yeah, it's, that's no fun. Right. So your parents, was it their private drive or did they share that drive with some other people? It was theirs. Okay. Well, there are some that share private drives uh, and they usually will have some kind of a road maintenance agreement between everybody that lives on that private drive. My parents had that when they sold their house. So it was interesting to see how that worked. One question that often comes up on the legal hotline when we're teaching is whether road maintenance agreements have to be disclosed, how they have to be disclosed, and whether they're subject to the Property Owners Association Act. Let's start by talking about what properties are subject to the Property Owners Association Act. The law states that it applies to developments subject to a declaration, as defined herein, that's a big fancy law word, Mm -hmm. initially recorded after January 1st, 1959, associations incorporated or otherwise organized after such date, and all subdivisions created under the former Subdivided Land Sales Act. So declaration, let's talk about what that is. And in the law here, it's very broadly defined. It's going to be any document, no matter what it's called, a road maintenance agreement, a CCR, who's your what's it, it doesn't matter what they call it, that is recorded among the land records that either imposes on the association maintenance or operational responsibilities for the common area, or it creates the authority in the association to impose on owners any mandatory payments in connection with the provision of maintenance and or services for the benefit of some some or all of the lots. Additionally, an association means an incorporated or unincorporated entity that has responsibilities imposed and authority granted in the declaration. So when I say incorporated or unincorporated, that means formally formed or kind of a casual put together group that doesn't have to necessarily have a huge formal structure to it. Right. So let's put all that together now to try to figure out what exactly qualifies as a property owners association under the law. So first, there's got to be a document, whatever you call it. And that document has to be recorded in the land records. And the document has to do one of two things. It has to either, A, impose on an association maintenance or operational responsibilities for the common area. Like redoing the roads, plowing, things like that. Right. Or, B, it has to give the association the ability to impose mandatory payment for maintenance of services. Uh, Second, this document must be initially recorded in the land records sometime after January 1st, 1959. That's the magic date for our discussion here. Mm -hmm. And finally, the document must give responsibilities and authority to the group. Right, and it's whatever that group is called. It might be called a board of directors. It might be called a committee. It might be called something else, and that's fine. It's just a group that has the authority. Right. So if all three of these elements are met, then the property is going to be subject to the Property Owners Association Act. So there are some road maintenance agreements that do not meet all of these requirements. Either they are older, they're not recorded in the land records, or they're voluntary, in which case they are not subject to the POA. 
Under the POA, the seller must, among other things, disclose that the property is within a development subject to the POA. The POA also requires the seller to obtain a disclosure packet and provide that packet to the buyer. The buyer can cancel the contract within three days of receiving the packet or of being notified that the packet just isn't available. Right. So what exactly does it mean when we say that the packet is not available? For people that have dealt with foreclosures or bank-owned properties, the bank will say, oh, that packet's not available because they don't feel like ordering it. Well, the law specifically defines what not available is, and that certainly doesn't include a bank who just doesn't feel like getting the packet. Right. A packet is considered not available in one of three scenarios. First, a current annual report has not been filed by the association, either with the State Corporation Commission or the Common Interest Community Board. That's probably going to happen quite frequently with these um, road maintenance agreements because people don't have formal meetings. It's kind of we collect money when it's necessary. Right. The second one would be the seller has made a written request and the association has not delivered the packet within 14 days. And then the third one is that written notice is provided by the association that a packet is not available. So I heard uh, an example from Erin when I was talking to her about this topic, and she said that there was one time that she was selling a house subject to a road maintenance agreement, and they had to track down the original person who put together that road maintenance agreement and ask him for all of the POA documents because it, that particular one met the requirements. And the guy said, I don't know what you're talking about. We never met. Why are you coming talking to me looking for this packet? And so in that case, she said, well, here, just write down that there is no packet. And they were able to say... Here, Mr. Buyer, there is no packet available because the association says there isn't one. Right. You can't turn over something that doesn't exist. So. Right. But you do have to turn over notice that that thing does not exist. Right. Otherwise, the buyer's right to terminate the contract will continue until they get such notice. Right. So, John, let's take it to the legal hotline. Let's go. The first question I have for you is, are all road maintenance agreements subject to the POA? No. Uh, to be subject to the POA, the agreement would have to be recorded in land records, again, after our magic date of January 1st, 1959. Uh, the agreement would also have to allow for mandatory fees to repair the road, and it would have to have somebody who's responsible for enforcing that agreement. Laura, if the current owners have a verbal agreement to chip in whenever the common driveway needs repair... Is there anything that I need to disclose? Well, probably not, because in this situation, the agreement is verbal and clearly not recorded in the land records. It wouldn't be subject to the POA. John, what do I do if there is a road maintenance agreement subject to the POA and no one has a current disclosure packet? Well, if the packet's not available, and remember what Laura talked about just a couple of seconds ago, this means the association has either not filed an annual report with SCC or CICB, lots of acronyms there, the packet wasn't delivered within 14 days, or the association tells you in writing that there just isn't a packet, the seller should deliver notice to the buyer that the packet is not available. And this notice starts the buyer's three-day right to terminate the contract. Right. And that way, they don't have a right to terminate all the way up until settlement. Right. So let's talk about a couple ways that you can limit your risk. The first is ask your seller early on whether there is a road maintenance agreement and whether that was recorded in the land records. And if you're unsure of whether a road maintenance agreement creates obligations under the POA, recommend that your seller speak to an attorney that can provide them with guidance on whether the POA disclosures and packet must be provided. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and, of course, rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. 
You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the Legal tab on the Four Members section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Thanks, and goodbye. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is a general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and the laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2017. This podcast features the song, Please Listen Carefully, by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons attribution share-alike license.